0: put your hands together this morning. We're glad to be here on the last Sunday of this year, the final Sunday of the year, 52 times we do this. We come before the Lord and I never get tired of it. So for the last Sunday of the year, can you make some crazy noise in this house? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing us to the end of the year. And I still, in my right mind, still haven't lost my mind, and I'm grateful for that. All right, it's time for the word of God. Somebody shout for the word. Amen. Let us bow our heads, dear gracious Heavenly Father. We thank you and praise you, God. I'm praying that you would do what you always do. Hide me beneath the cross think through my mind speak through my mouth God let there be no interruptions by any satanic or demonic forces Let the people be eternally touched and blessed illuminate the hearts and the ears of the listeners so they can hear what the spirit is saying to the church and we give you praise for it and we love you in Jesus name amen and amen come on with your Bibles in your hands you got this this should be just second nature to you by now but this is my Bible I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple, where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our Creator continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. And I haven't done this in a long time. But Pastor Andre, with your good-looking self, preach this word. Amen, amen. Put your hands together. And you, with your good-looking self, hear this word. Come on. It's it's time, and this ain't part of the message, this a little extra, but it's time in this new season, if don't nobody celebrate you, you got to learn how to celebrate yourself. Celebrate good times. Come on. You ought to be your best best supporter in this new season. Don't wait for somebody to praise you, praise yourself. Don't wait for somebody to encourage you, encourage yourself. Don't wait for somebody to compliment you, compliment yourself. I smell good. I I look good. I you talk to yourself in this season. Because we've been through too much hell to let, let the devil just push us down, push us over, and buffalo us. No, I'm lifting my head up high. Before I go ahead and preach, I did have several people, and I appreciate it, several people reached out to me personally and was checking on me to see how this first Christmas was going to be with the loss, how it was going to be. And I was like, I'm not really sure how it was going to go, but one thing I do know I do know my daddy don't want me to be down in the dumps all season long. Maybe maybe a hour here a day here but not all season long. So I'm putting a smile on my face. I'm putting a pep on my step. I'm going to enjoy life in honor of my daddy and your bishop. All right. So let's let's get right into the word of God. So last week we talked about this uh, title, it was called The Gift. I knew when I preached it that it was going to be a two-part sermon series. It, it was going to be more than just one, but we talked about The Gift, and let's just back up a little bit to give us a little of the premise of it. John 14, it said, Jesus answered her, if you knew... The gift of God and who it is that is saying to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water there was three terms of giving there but the gift of God is what we focused on and one of our uh, actually our last point was this we uh, they're putting it up now Jesus the best gift ever and so I don't care what you unwrapped yesterday let me still tell you Jesus is the best gift ever amen praise the Lord for that and so we, 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 we unpacked that, but there was more that I wanted to go into, and so that I, I saved it for another part. So today's title is simply this, The Gift, Part 2. Somebody say Part 2. Part two. Somebody say the sequel. the sequel. The Gift, The Sequel. All right, so, so we're, we're going to give us the same definition we l- used last week. Gift is this. It's a thing given willingly to someone without payment or present. Some of the gift synonyms were this present, donation, offering, contribution, charity, bonus, award, handout, favor, grant, endowment. Let me stop right now and just tell God I'm gonna speak for y'all too. God, you can give all of us that in twenty twenty-two. You can give us extra pray. We ain't gotta wait till Christmas, but you can give us some presents, some donations some offerings, some contributions. And I'm not just talking about the delivering simple. I'm talking about to some of y'all, your businesses, the stuff y'all need, charity, bonus, grants, awards. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I want some of that stuff. Well, you don't need all that because you get in heaven. Well, heaven is heaven. I need some stuff right now. I declare over your business right now favor over some of y'all businesses extra on some of y'all jobs. I, I, I declare it for you. If you believe it, just go ahead and receive it in the name of Jesus. If you're online and you want to grab it, go ahead and grab it. But there's one synonym that I wanted to jump, use as a jump off for the sermon I'm going to teach today. So put the gift synonyms back up. It is the very bottom one and I went ahead and I, uh, I underlined it and it is the word inheritance. I'm going to read them all again so that you can just uh, uh, grab to what you want to grab to, but we'll focus on the last one. Present, donation, offering, contribution, charity, bonus, award, handout, favor, grant, endowment, inheritance. All right, let's 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 uh, start with this point, and this is how we'll move forward, and then we'll get Mother Mitchell to read for us. The gift of accepting Jesus is just the beginning of the gift. It's it's not the end of the gift. It's the beginning of the gift. There's some gifts that you received on yesterday when you unwrapped, unfolded, got it out of the box. That was the beginning of the gift. If if you got a brand new coat, open It's just the beginning. At some point, you got to put the coat on and wear it, and enjoy it, so Jesus, us accepting Jesus, is the beginning of the gift, and sometimes we think it's the ending, no, 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 it's the beginning of a journey, and a life with him, in other words, like I told you last week, the gift keeps on giving, let's start with Ephesians 1 and 13, and and this is where where my Bible study morning people will get excited, Ephesians
1: 1, 13. and you also were included in Christ, When you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Yeah, that sounds
0: good. It talks about us receiving Jesus, but it says some other stuff. It says you were included in Christ. We talk about Christ coming in us, but we forget that the gift is also us being included in Christ. And so it's not just Christ coming to me, it's me being joined with Christ. And it says when the message of truth came and we heard the gospel, when we believed, then it says we were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So all of us who know Jesus, we all can declare Holy Spirit activate because yes. we have something inside of us. All right, let's, let's look even further. Verse 14.
1: Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory? So the Holy
0: Spirit in us is not just to make us feel goosebumps and say strange words, but it's a deposit That guarantees we have an inheritance. So when I accepted the gift of Jesus, I didn't just get Jesus, but I got the spirit and the spirit was a deposit to promise me that there's more to come. It was a promise to hold me together so I don't lose my final reward. Some of us, once we got God, we were taught that we could lose God at any moment, that God would throw a lightning bolt and strike us at any moment. You could lose your salvation at any moment, but God gave us the spirit to guarantee that if you can't hold me, I'll hold on to you. All right, let's
1: look at verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. I've got some things underlined because when we accepted the gift of Jesus, it says the father
0: was going to still give. So with the gift came more giving. And here's some things that he gave us. He gave us wisdom, revelation and knowledge. In him or of him, and all that came because we said yes to Jesus this ain't a bad gift at all because it's a gift that continues to keep giving let's let's move on let's look at Ephesians 1.18. having the
1: eyes of your under, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance. So not only did we have the wisdom, the
0: revelation, and the knowledge, but we have now enlightenment, and we have hope, and we have riches, and we have inheritance. Now, none of these things I'm talking about are necessarily material things yet. They can affect material things, but we are walking around, we are walking storehouses and don't even know it. That's why I said you got to encourage yourself. Because when you said yes to Jesus, you don't know how special you are in the earth. Because you have all these things working on the inside of you, and you are somebody important in this universe. Yeah. All right, let's let's continue. Let's look at verse nineteen. Actually, before I go to verse nineteen, when Mother Mitchell began to read verse eighteen, she she read it. Uh, wrongly for a second, because she was reading out of the memory of the King James version, which says that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened, that that you might know what is the hope of His calling. In other words, what God is saying is, many of y'all don't even understand who you really are. And because you came to Jesus jacked up, you assume because you still have some jacked up tendencies that all you are is just a sinner saved by grace. But you're more than just a sinner saved by grace. You got knowledge. You got wisdom. You got revelation. You you got enlightenment. You got hope. I'm not talking about out there. I'm talking about you have it inside of you. Now, some of it is untapped. Potential, it's not all realized, but just knowing what you got. The the, the, the the people say it this way. If you've been working out and and you're looking good and your arms is looking good and your posterior is looking good and your, your abs is looking good, the world says if you got it, flaunt it. But here, what I'm telling you is because you got King Jesus. I need you to flaunt the fact that you got King Jesus No, no, no no! Don't flaunt it in front of people But flaunt it in every devil's face That tries to buffalo you Every devil that tries to push you over Every demon that tries to sucker punch you Every demon that tries to kick you out And make you feel like you ain't got nothing You got to no, know, I got wisdom I got revelation I got knowledge I got enlightenment I got hope, I got joy, I got peace, I I got anointing, I I got the mind of God, I got the mind of Christ. That's why back in the day we used to uh, quote the I am's to remind us of who we really are. You are walking storehouses of potential power that is flowing inside of you. And in this new season, we're going to have to see that power come on out of you. Now, y'all get to see it come out of me on Sunday morning when I'm preaching, but there's power that's in you. And all the power that's in you is not for Sunday morning service. There's some power when you're working in your garden. There's some power when you're driving your car. There's some power when you're waiting on the bus. There's some power when you're in the school. There's some power even if you're at the soup kitchen and the soup line. You still got something inside of you because you got a gift that keeps on giving. And once we realize who we really are, which was really the crux of Bishop's message, is that we would understand who we really are, that we would be enlightened to who we really are. And this is why my father would always say that people need to come to church not because uh, so much they need to get something from us, but he was trying to remind them that you also bring something to the table. You only think that you come to get something, but you don't understand that when you come, you bring something. So when you don't come, we miss something that we should have because you didn't show up. But I had a hangover last night. Well, come on with your hangover because there's still some stuff inside you that Deliverance Temple needs. So come on. We need all of us to do what God wants us to do. I need Trish and I need Alan. I need Darlene and I need Sandra. I need Draylon and I need Jaden. I need all of y'all because y'all bring something to the table. Because out of the billions of sperm that could have united with the egg, somehow you made it here. And God has a plan for your life and I need you. And God needs you. So so I'm showing us a little bit more about the gift. Let's go to verse 19.
1: And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might? There's greatness in us, there's power in us,
0: and it's all toward us who believe. No, no, wait a second, hold on, hold on, hold on, just a second. You mean all this comes and all I got to do is believe. It reminds me of what Sister Ruth preached, that we still believe. God only required one thing and that is for us to believe. And when you believe and accepted Jesus, it started you on a journey, but it deposited everything in you that you need. Now, I must say this. The problem with all of this is that all of this was deposited supernaturally in our spirit, but it didn't always come to our soul and to our flesh. So that's why I don't always know how special I am because I still got to battle this flesh. But God says I want y'all to understand in this gift series that when you receive the gift, I want you to know, yeah, you may have some messed up ways. Yeah, you may have some issues, and we all do. We see it all the time, and sometimes we get sick of our own self. You know when we say folk getting on your nerves, I get on my own nerves. And sometimes I'm tired of me, but God wants to remind me that it's bigger than just me. Because there's something inside of me—it's Christ in me. I gotta slow down so I so I get to going somewhere. Put put that verse uh, back up for just 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 a quick second. Verse 19. Go back to verse 19. I want I want to jump on that greatness. So that's that's all you you, you need to know. To, to know, my, my 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 son said something to me, Draylon, this year, that that, uh, that 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 bugged me, it bothered me, but I understood what he was coming from, but but it bothered me because I wanted to make sure he never went down this train of thinking. So 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 he got in trouble about something, and me and him were talking and discussing, and I was trying to scold him and talk to him, but that sometimes you can't just beat all the time and and fussing. And fight, sometimes you need to talk. So I asked him a question. I was like, what makes you make some of these decisions? And he's like, basically, to paraphrase, if I don't fit in with the crowd, I'll be irrelevant at school. And that struck a nerve because it reminded me of what it's like to be in middle school and high school. And the reason why our kids sometimes act up because they don't want to be left out. But many times when you are great, you can't fit in with everybody. So you got got to run the risk of feeling irrelevant because at some point, the people will realize you are great. And instead of you following me, I need to be following you. So I said, don't you ever say you are irrelevant. There's nothing irrelevant about a Mitchell. We are built on greatness. We come from greatness. And you don't have to put my name in there. You can put your name in there. I'm great. Tell your kids you are great. Don't you fit in with the crowd? Don't you do what everybody else does? Don't you smoke what everybody else smokes? Because you got greatness on the inside of you. I'm great. And because I'm great, there's some stuff I can't do. There's some places I can't go. My greatness is too great to diminish my greatness just so you can like me. If you don't like me, that's your problem. Maybe you're blind to the greatness I have inside of me. But if anybody's going to recognize my greatness, it's going to be me. And deliverance temple there's a whole bunch of great churches but I need you to know you are a great church. You are a powerful church. And stop looking at everybody else. You're not irrelevant. You're not lower than anybody else. You are great. Cause you serve a great God and you received a gift from a great giver. Greatness. Some of our our, our, our young people I, I I feel I feel sorry for them. Because they have pressures that we didn't have. We had pressures, but they have pressures that we didn't have. They have all kinds of pressures. They have all kinds of things coming after them. But I want to let every young person know, if you are connected to this ministry, you are great. You are special. Let let, let, let me pause just for a second. Damari, you are great. Dylan, you are great. Jaden, you are great. Uh, who has Khaleesh, you are great. Uh, Alana, you are great. Alayla, you are great. Harlow, you are great. I don't know how many babies. Charlie, you are great. You are somebody special. Oh, I wish we, all of us who are older, We wish we could rescue you from the thinking that you're thinking, that you have to fit in with everybody else. The best pieces don't ever fit into the puzzle. The best pieces stand alone. One of these kids is doing his own thing. And if you know anything about me, I do my own thing. And and what y'all don't understand is I'm guessing at it. See, when I post a picture of my outfit, which y'all don't know, I didn't ask Devin and Draven seven times. Does this look right? Did this look right? I'm trying it. But when I come out, it look good. I'm just taking chances. I don't even know. But I'm so great that I take a chance to be different. Steven, you are great. Ty, you are great. Rutha, you are great. Teresa, you are great. Anitra, you are great. I wish I could saw all your names. You are great. Because great is the Lord. And greatly to be praised. Kiana, you are great. Tia, you are great. You are great, darling. You are great, Reva. You are great, Carl. You are great. You're great. You're great. I don't know who all is watching me online, but you're great. Because you got the gift of the greatest giver. Amen. Let's let's go to the next verse.
1: That he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. The problem with the Bible is we read it so fast we
0: miss up. I'm like Kevin Hart. You ain't just gonna read past that and not 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 me see what you what, what did you just say what I thought you said? And basically what the Bible is saying, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and lives in me. My God. That's why I had to stop getting high because nothing can get me higher than what I've already got in me. I ain't tripping off of you. If you still need to get high, do what you got to do. But I found out I can't shoot nothing up to get me higher than I already am because I got something down on the inside of me that lets me know how special I really, 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 really really am. All right, I, I, I need to put this point up. Once you receive the gift, Jesus, you begin to unwrap the gift even more to find out that dot, dot, dot. You are the gift. This this is the difference between the gift that man gives and the gift that God gives. When God gave you the gift that is Jesus and you became in Jesus and Jesus became in you, there becomes a transference and now you become not just the recipient of the gift, you become the gift. before I try to explain it, let me let let that deposit in you for a second. You are the gift. Because of who you receive inside of you, you now are the gift. Uh, How can I say this? If somehow I had a cup of clear water, it would be clear water. But if I put Food coloring in the water, it would change the dynamics of the water to where now the water won't taste like water, it'll taste like food coloring because the food coloring would permeate every aspect of the water. When you receive Christ in you, he permeated every aspect of you. So not only is it just you receiving Christ as a gift, now you are the gift. And that's why the devil fights you the way he fights you because you are a walking gift in the earth. Yeah. Let me say something to you single women. That's why God makes you wait so long to find the right one because you are a gift walking around. and He don't want you attached to anybody that can't value you yeah. the way you really are. So go ahead and wait a little while longer till the right one comes along because you are the gift. You're the gift. I got to read more to explain it. Let's look at Ephesians 2 and 8.
1: For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not about
0: you. It's the gift of God. Yes, read verse 9. Not by works. So that no one can boast. Now, now, when I say you are the gift, you can't boast about that because there's nothing you did to become the gift. All you did was believe in the gift. And now because you accepted the gift, you've become the gift. But you can't even give yourself credit because God did it all. Let's read the next verse.
1: For we are God's handiwork Ooh. created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. Hold on. You you mean that, that there's something called eternity past.
0: And what eternity past is, is that when we showed up here as babies, we forgot the conversation we had with God before we came. And God had an assignment before we showed up here. Just the journey made us forget the assignment. But God had already pre-planned and pre-ordained for us to be what we would be. And so when we have good works, God had already planned them. To give you an example, when the right brothers were born, God already knew that they would be the ones that would cause people to stop driving on cars and start flying in the air. That was a gift already inside of them. And so you have been created for good works. Now, I know you've had some bad stuff. And some bad works. But that's why he forgives you and erases the bad stuff to remind you you've been created for good works, but they were predestined a long time ago. If you do anything good to God, be the glory. If you do anything great to God, be the glory because he's the one that planted. He said of Jeremiah, I ordained you a prophet to the nation. I knew you before I formed you and I already created you to be somebody special and that's why the devil don't like you because he knows what you are. You are the gift. Some of y'all don't realize you are the one That God had destined to be the one in the family to break the family curse. You, you the one. You the one that's going to go to college. You the one that's going to become the first millionaire. You the one that's going to invent something. You the one. God has already ordained you for good works. He created it. So let let me put this point up. This is how I got to slow down just a second. So what if being the gift because of Jesus goes to our head? You ever heard somebody say that he thinks he's God's gift to women? Or he she thinks she's God's gift to men? Or, or they think they're God's gift to the earth? What, what, what would happen if we understand we become the gift and then we get the big here? See, God, God is so smart that in making you, in allowing you to receive the gift, and making you become the gift, there's something built into the gift that's going to help you from getting the big head. Let let, let me say say this. Some of the stuff you unwrapped yesterday and opened that you enjoyed, it was nice to you, but it was somebody else's sacrifice that got you to what you got. Not just somebody giving it to you, but, but, but let's say you you pulled out a nice wool sweater, cashmere wool. You know there's some naked sheep running around that had to give his wool for you. Oh, you got you a nice Louis Vuitton purse, nice leather. But you know some cow somewhere died so that you could have that. When you ate that steak and you ate that turkey, do you know that turkey had to die? So built in the greatest gifts is sacrifice. And I'm here to let you know you are the gift, but becoming the gift is a sacrifice. Learning who you are and what you have to offer is not always peaches and cream. Sometimes it's hell and high water. You jumped out of the frying pan into the water to get out of the frying pan and then you start drowning in the water because in order to become the gift that the world needs, you got to go through something. Free is never really free. Free always costs somebody. Let's, let's, let's look at 2 Corinthians 4 and 6.
1: For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts To give the light to the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So the same
0: God who spoke in the darkness and said, let there be light. He's done the same thing inside of us when we received the gift. Just like he he recreated creation, he's doing the same thing for us. We're somebody special. We're somebody great. We're somebody awesome. But
1: let's continue to read verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. Here's the caveat. Here's the catch. God placed this greatness in earthen vessels,
0: in in imperfect pots of clay. We, We are imperfect people carrying around the greatness of God. Yes, we are the gift, but the gift is nestled between our soul and our flesh. The gift is nestled between our trauma and our hurts. The gift is nestled between our our horniness and our angriness, our foolishness and our backsliding, our fussing and our cussing. We have the gift, but sometimes the gift is kind of rough. Let let me explain it this way. I, I did some rapping this year, and I'm a terrible rapper. I had some good gifts, but I ain't no good rapper. When I get the folding, the the stuff, they they don't match up like everybody else's stuff match up. It don't look right. Now, what's under it might be good, but the outside is never to be too much to desire. But what I understand is that the outside is just going to be ripped open anyhow, so I don't make too much out of the outside. I focus on the inside. You ever had a awesome rap gift, but what was on the inside wasn't worth a dime? And what God is understanding, I, I'm not so much worried about the outside like you worried about the outside. I'm worried about what I put on the inside. Some of y'all been stressing all your life because you big boned. You, 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 you don't, you run on treadmills. You diet, but you don't lose like everybody else lose. And your heart is crushed because you got teased when you're little. And you wonder why God didn't make your waist like somebody else's waist. Because God wasn't so much focused on the outside. He's focused on the gift on the inside. And if you learn to treasure what you have on the inside, you'll start realizing that somebody going to like this outside too. I may not be for everybody, but I'm for somebody. Let me speak for men everywhere. Not every man wants a skinny woman. Not every man wants a big woman. Men like them in all shapes, sizes, colors, and everything. Just be you, do you, enjoy yourself, live healthy, but somebody somewhere will love you. Well, I got some love handles. They'll love that too. But well, I'm so skinny. Like, like, uh, like my dad would say, you so skinny, you can hula hoop a cheerio. Somebody will love you too. It don't make a difference. If you a size 2700, somebody gonna love you too. If you learn to embrace what's on the inside, God is not concerned about the outside rapping. He's concerned about what's on the inside. But this life has taught us to devalue ourselves based on the outside. If I don't have the Jordans, if I don't have a Cadillac, if my house ain't as big as so and so, if look like Pastor Andre and Lady Devon was somewhere, they look like they was in a big hotel, and I don't get to be in a big hotel. All that stuff is wrapping paper. At the end of the day, does God love you, and do you love God? You are somebody. Don't let social media trick you You still are great If you're riding the bus, you're great If you're eating beans and hamburgers, you're great It makes no difference, you are great And let me remind you about social media for a second On social media, you only show the highlights It wouldn't make sense I post pictures of me and Devin hugging I don't post pictures of me and her fighting and fussing So when you're looking at us, oh, I want a man like that. I'm only posting the highlights. There's some suffering to get to the highlights. So don't get tricked by somebody's highlights. You're jealous of somebody who's in in debt up to their eyeballs. I wish I had a purse like that. Well, she can't afford the purse she got. Stop worrying about everybody else and focus on the gift that's inside of you we always trying to keep up with folk that don't like us, that'll talk about us, that'll laugh in our face. You got to stop worrying about everybody. And some of those folk are in your church, they're in your family. And you got to stop worrying about all them folk and live for God. Only what you do for Christ Amen. is going to last. 2 Corinthians 4 So this is what
1: happens. Just in case we're going to get the big head, this is what happens. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in
0: despair. No, Paul didn't post that on social media. He didn't post all the beatings, but we're hard pressed on every side. This anointing I got, I didn't get it from a book. I got it from the trials I've been through. We're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not despair. Read.
1: persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Yeah, I've been through some
0: rough times, but I'm still here. Yeah, I've been run over, but I'm still here. Yeah, I'm grieving, but I'm still here. Yeah, I've been crying, but I'm still here. And the gift is being perfected in me when I go through these things. Read
1: verse 10. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Hold
0: hold on. So when we receive the gift, even though it's awesome, we also receive death. Because the gift which was Jesus had to sacrifice his life. Don't think you can walk this Christian life without going through some stuff that will kill you. But it helps crucify your flesh. Some of the greatest marriages had some bad seasons. My daddy and my mama, they loved each other. But they went through some stuff too. I, I, I watched it. I seen the love. But everything wasn't always good because stuff in you has to die for you to be great. So Paul said, we're always caring about some type of death." I don't care how much I raise my hand. There's always something in my life that is troubling me, but it keeps me humble. See, folk that don't go through nothing, they don't know nothing. I love you, but I don't want you telling me nothing if you ain't been through nothing, if you ain't never gone through, if you had a silver spoon in in your mouth all your life, I love you, but you can't teach me. I need somebody that come up from the bottom of the barrel like me and rose to the top. I can understand that because this ain't easy. My wife tells me about a comedian that said, this ain't for the weak. Pastoring, it ain't for the weak. Marriage, it ain't for the weak. A career, a business, it ain't for the weak you jealous of somebody's business, but you don't understand they work 24-7. They stress out trying to make it for their family. This ain't for the weak. The wussies need not apply. The folk that can handle some death, some sacrifice, those are the people who are going to make it in this next season. Oh, the whole world understood. It. Do, you, do, do you know billionaires had COVID? And billionaires had to be on lockdown and had to have a mask around their face. There's some stuff that can hit the earth that will bring us all to zero. Nobody better than the other. All right, let's 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 look at verse 11. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So stop complaining saying you gonna go through stuff because you accepted Jesus yeah I know he the gift but with this gift comes some trials with this gift comes an enemy with this gift comes some folk that ain't gonna like you but it's okay it's making you who you are verse 12 so then here's the, the key so then death is at work in us But life is at work in you. So here's the key. When you become the gift for other people, you go through death so other people don't have to. Let me talk to you parents. The reason why your life was so hard so you could be a better parent once your your kids were born. The reason why you the mother you are is because your mother wasn't worth a dime. But death worked in you so life could work in somebody else. You're a gift, you're a gift, but sometimes it costs to be a gift. Verse 16, therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. So now I'm starting to understand the whole thing of this because I received the gift. And I am the gift, even though I'm struggling outwardly, inwardly, I'm growing all the time. So that's why I can say God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. It's not that every situation is good, but inside of me, He works everything for my good because I am the gift since I received a gift. And since I received a gift, some stuff that I went through, I can keep y'all from going through it because I'm a gift for you because of what I've gone through. Martin and Malcolm both got shot. Mandela got locked up, but they went through that so we wouldn't have to go through stuff. So now we could be better. Somebody somewhere always sacrificed for you. Let's look at verse 17. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an internal glory. That far outweighs them all. Deliverance temple, let me let you know something. Your momentary trouble, God calls it light. It is achieving an eternal glory that's going to outweigh everything. You're going to be on the top some way, somehow. Don't worry about it. God is raising you up to be a leader in these last and evil days. To be a gift to the universe. So go through what you got to go through. Because the glory is going to outweigh it all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So let me, I'm not going to fuss, but let me say it this way. We're going to have to readjust ourselves. One thing that COVID was supposed to teach the church, I'm not for sure what we're supposed to teach the world, but it was supposed to teach the church is to refocus on what's important, which was God. Not even church services, because for a while, church services couldn't be had, and the way the Omicron virus variant is going... Maybe we will have to shut down physical church again. But what God was showing us, it never was the building. It always was the relationship. Yeah. If you've come through the pandemic and you still don't have a relationship with God, shame on you. you. You ought to know now we should not be focusing on the temporal. We should be focusing on the eternal. Now, now, of course... The temporal is we got to deal with the temporal. I'm not saying that we stick our heads in the sky and always act like heaven's coming tomorrow. No, you got to go to work. You got to pay your bills. You, you, you got to dress. You might as well look nice and all that. But don't let that be your main focus. Some of y'all, if somebody step on your Jordans, your life is messed up for a whole month. I mean, you just can't handle it. We we cannot be that weak. We got to be able to handle life because these are just temporary things. Somebody laughed at me. I don't like the way they looked at me when I came in church. You are not that important. Yes, you are great, but you're not so important that you put God on the back burner because your feelings got hurt. Church hurt is real. Yes, it's real, but so is work hurt. So is club hurt. So is park hurt, mall hurt. You've been hurt everywhere, but you can't come back to the church. I got hurt at church. Get over it and bring your tail to church and get the help that you need. Because the reason why you got hurt at church is because the folk in the church wasn't doing what they should have been doing. So why don't you do what you should be doing and teach them how to live the way they're supposed to live. All right, I got, I, I got to move on because not only Dylan... Not only Draylon, not only Devin, but my sister Kelly said, don't don't you preach all day on the the day after Christmas. Don't you preach that long. So I got to hurry up. Not because God, I got to hurry up because my family said, "Don't, don't be too long. Come on, let's put this point up. The gift grows stronger through suffering. But the suffering unwraps it more to reveal a hidden truth. So we can't get around it, but you are the gift, but the gift grows stronger through what you go through. But when you go through it, it reveals something greater. What does it reveal? Let's look at Colossians
1: 1.24. Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions. For the sake of his body, which is the church. Paul said, some of the stuff I go through, I realize it's for the church.
0: It's it's for the people that need to grow higher. So some of y'all should become disciple makers. Don't go through hell for no reason. Go through it, but then go help somebody else. Go help them. There's some people in the church that don't know what you know. Pull them aside. Help them get through some stuff. There's a young single mother that's struggling, but you already been there. You know what it's like to have to struggle with child support. Go help somebody else. Use the gift to be
1: the gift. Verse 25. I have become its servant by the commission of God, I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness. Hold on, this is not just the preacher's job only, but when I go
0: through and I become the gift, it's to help present the word of God. Because the word of God is not just the book and the ink and the paper, but the word of God. We are living epistles, read of all men. You the word of God and I'm the word of God. And we present the word of God to each other when we go through what we have to
1: go through and we become a gift for somebody else. Let's look at verse 26. The mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. We become the unfolding of the mystery. Let's read verse 27. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Wait, 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 wait. The whole point is what God wants
0: us to become the gift to let the Gentiles or the sinners know is Christ in you. The hope of glory. I know all the hope you put yourself in. I know you put your hope in everything, but there's only one hope. It's Christ in you the hope of glory and if I have Christ in me, I ought to stir you up to have Christ in you and you ought to stir somebody else to have Christ in them, it's not about the weed they smoke, the sex they have, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, the hope of the nations is Christ in you, the hope of the world is Christ in you the hope of your family is Christ in you, the hope of Muncie is Christ in you, the hope of Indiana is Christ in you, the hope of the United States is Christ in you you. The hope of the world is Christ in you. So when Christ comes in you, he reveals to you that that's the greatest message is to get other people to understand Christ in you. Yeah. Now, I need to say this just r- real quick. Now, everybody's not going to be church going people like us. Yeah. Some people are going to get saved right before this age ends. And so it's our job to go to the highways and the byways and compel men to come. And if they say, well, listen, I've been hurt by church. I ain't coming to church. Don't get mad. Pray for them and let them receive the Lord Jesus right there with the wine bottle in their hand. Because you might be the only chance they get to get to heaven. I'm not the only preacher in the church. You're a preacher and your life preaches. You're the best sermon that's ever been preached. And you got to tell the world it's Christ in you. The hope of glory. Well, pastor, I don't think I'll ever come to a church again. You know what I say? Fine. But can I introduce Jesus to you? Because you ain't got to come into these doors for me to introduce Christ to you. Because it's not about Deliverance Temple. It's not about my offering. It's not about my membership. It's about Christ in you. That's the hope of glory. Now, of course, the people want to come in, we will disciple them. And we will do life with them. But the greatest message that we are learning to become is Christ in you, the
1: hope of glory. Let's read verse 28. He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Our goal is really to grow everyone up in Christ. Let's look
0: at verse 29.
1: For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works within me. Some people ask me,
0: say, Pastor Andre, how do you do it? How do you work midnight shift and then still try to be a pastor and a husband and a father and still in the community and still on social media and TikTok? How do you do it? I do it, I toil so that Christ can be formed. I'm doing it, I'm doing it with the energy that God gives me. God is energizing me to help somebody else. And what I want more than everything, anything, is to see my members grow up in Christ. Yeah. I love it when you get. Husbands and wives and houses and cars and all that. But what I really want to see is you grow up in Christ. I like it when you lose weight and you get muscles and all that. But what I really want to see is you grow up in Christ. What Bishop Mitchell really cared about is us growing up in Christ. Thank God for the Mercedes, the cars, and the vacations. But all that is secondary. The main goal is grow up in Christ. So you can take the message to a dying world and love them, oh, living yeah. our vision every day. Let's look at verse 19. This is a whole new, new chapter, Galatians four nineteen.
1: My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Paul, as a leader, said, well, this is what it's like
0: for a leader or pastor. It's like childbirth. It's like the pangs of labor. We women understand. It's like the contractions. So Christ would be formed in you. When, when, when you have a struggle, I find out you are smoking dope again. I can handle that. Because sometimes we just have struggles, addictions, we fight. But when you just gossiping, that's hard for me to take that. Because that means Christ isn't being formed in you. You, you, you mean the whole reason you stopped coming to church is because the lady over there looked funny at you? I, that's hard for me to deal with because that means Christ hasn't been formed in you. Christ ought to be more important than the petty stuff. Hallelujah. But sometimes the pettiest place in the universe is right in the church. And God said Paul said, I just, oh man, I'm just I'm in labor pains until Christ be formed in you. And that's what I, I I want to see Christ formed in. And oh, I see it. I see the potential. But we got, in order for us to live up to the legacy of Bishop Mitchell, we got a whole nother level we got to go to. Yeah. Christ has to be formed in us. All right, let's put this up as I'm coming to a close. The gift full grown in us reminds us of what Christ did for us and wants to do through us. Let's read uh, Colossians 2.13. 2, 2 15. read all three of those verses
1: when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh god made you alive with christ he forgave us all our sins having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us he has taken it away nailing it to the cross
0: verse 15
1: and having disarmed the powers and authorities he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the cross.
0: Look at look at all what he did for us. That ought to make us happy that we received that gift and we are becoming the gift even though we got to struggle. But then this is something I want to close with to help us understand something that, that I didn't have time to get into, but let me read it this way. Once you've suffered for God and matured in God, you don't let anyone tell you How to celebrate God. Let me pause and say this. Maybe I'm talking to the online folk. Listen, don't tell me when and how I can celebrate Christmas. I know he wasn't born on December 25th, but the hell I've been through, I'll celebrate him any way I want to. You can't tell me when and how. If I want to put on a Santa hat, don't you tell me I don't know God and I'm serving a pagan God. You don't know what I've been through for my God. I'll celebrate God however I want. If I want to celebrate Easter, I'll celebrate it. If I want to celebrate Valentine's, I'll celebrate it because I've been through so much. I'm going to celebrate God. What a holiday is, it's a whole Holy day, and any time I celebrate a holy day, I'ma do it the way I wanna do it, cause God is growing up in me. Don't you let some Tom, Dick, and Harry, some jackleg preacher tell you what you can celebrate and how you can celebrate. If you want 75 trees, put them all around your house. I don't care. God has been too good to you to let somebody dictate how you celebrate God. I celebrate his birth every day I want to on December 25th, on December 26th, whenever I want to because God has been good to me. All these deep Christians trying to tell us what and when and how. I'll do it how I want to. And if I don't feel like doing it, I won't do it. And you can't laugh at me for that. I'll do it how I want to. And these are not just my words. I'm going to finish with the words of the scripture. Let's put these up. I'll I'll read these Colossians 2.16. It says it this way. That's This is book. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat. Or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new, brew, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. Whatever you want to celebrate it, celebrate it with God on your mind. If you don't want to give gifts, don't give gifts. If you want to give a thousand gifts, give a thousand gifts. But just do it in the name of God. Last verse, verse 17. Here's the reason why. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. So it's not just a cliche. Jesus is the reason for every season. Because the reality is in Christ. Yeah. If you want to celebrate your birthday on the beach and you want a Bahama mama, I don't care. You lived another year or you have another trip around the sun. Do what makes you happy. It's okay with me as long as Christ is your focus. Yeah. You're okay with me. We're going to have them play this next uh, video. And in doing so, I want you to begin to get your communion elements ready. Go ahead and play that. transition into our communion Mark 14 22 and as they did eat Jesus took bread and blessed and break it and gave to them and said take eat this is my body let's eat the bread verse 23 and he took the cup and we had given thanks he gave it to them and they all drank it let's drink of the cup Mark 14, 24, and he said unto them, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. This is how he became the gift, and us receiving him makes us the gift. So every time we do this, we remember him. Every time we take this communion, we are celebrating him. Every time we come to church and log in online, we are celebrating him because we are the gift because of him. Let's stand to our feet the gift part two. Amen. Come on, let's praise Lord for the word. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, praise you. We love you, God. We are becoming the gift through the things we go through. But it started with us receiving the gift. But your gift started with your sacrifice. First you came as a baby in the manger, but you didn't stay in the manger. You went to the cross, but you didn't stay in the cross. You went to the grave, but you didn't stay in the grave. You rose, and now you're coming back as the line of the tribe of Judah, and God, we are your representatives on the earth. We received your gift, but now we want to be a gift that helps other people see you properly. God, we thank you for everything we've been through that makes us Part of the family of God. Help us to use our hurt to heal many people. God, if there's anybody here under the sound of my voice and listening to me that does not know you in the part of their sins, I pray that they would just say these simple words. Father God, I receive your gift through Jesus. Make me a gift so I can help transform the world. And we all can go up beyond her one day. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to say to you happy holidays. We love you. God bless you.